You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, I remember going over my grandma's home growing up, and it was the most wonderful, cozy place ever. I remember her in the kitchen cooking. I remember her floral couch that I thought was so beautiful. The pictures on the wall that match. And I remember growing up and wanting my home to be a place where people felt welcome. That's what we're going to be talking about today on Walk It Out. So let me tell you a little bit about my guest. So for the last 12 years, Michael and Smith, known as the Nester, has encouraged women to embrace their homes, imperfections and all. With her signature tagline, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful, Michaelin has empowered fans to see their home's hidden potential and create beautiful, functional spaces they love. Now, you may know her from The Nesting Place, and she has some wonderful books that are bestsellers, but today we're going to be talking about her new book, Welcome Home. So welcome to my podcast, Michaelin. Oh my goodness. It's so fun to be here, Trisha. I loved hearing your story about your grandmother's house. I think all of us have like hospitality origin stories like that. And it's just fascinating. And I can so relate. And see, my grandma's Hispanic and she's still alive and she lives with me. She is almost 91. Next month, she will be 91 years old. And her little room is right next to my bedroom. And still, like, she has to be neat. She has her little doilies out. <laughs> like, even walking to her home, it's so welcoming. And I think it is important to have those, like, memories of where did we feel most welcome? And I love how you talk about it doesn't have to be a perfect place, but there's something about it. So just tell us a little bit maybe about some place that you can remember just being really welcoming. Oh, my goodness. Well, like you, my grandmother's house was one of those houses. So just having really warm memories from that. And it wasn't because Mm -hmm. it was perfect. Just like you say, it's more about the feeling that you get and how you're treated and how you're heard and welcomed in. And the other one um, was just a childhood friend of mine. She lived like in an alley between the back of our houses. So I would go over there with my little sister after school. They always had um, tea, which we didn't have at our house. We didn't have iced tea. (laughs) So her mom (laughs) served us iced tea and we could go in her basement and play. And she had bunnies. Like it just... I remember her home being kind of open to me and my sister to do whatever we wanted. And her parents were so welcoming. And so those two homes in particular stand out to me. And actually my very first book, Nesting Place, I dedicated to both of those, my grandmother and Melissa Cole's house, (laughs) because (laughs) they were so instrumental. Like I really do have such the warmest um, thoughts when I think of those. And I think they shaped how I want to like, I just knew when I grew up, I wanted to have a house that felt like that. Yeah. And I think that is so important. And I mean, right now we're in a season where we're not able to open our homes like we want to before, but I think it really goes back to being comfortable with your place and welcoming people in. And in your new book, you talk about the seasons. And so I really hadn't even thought about that. And you said, you know, it took you 20 years to pay attention how your family uses your home differently through the year. Cause I would, I mean, 
I'm like, oh, I never even thought about that. So I want to hear more about like, what did you discover? Oh, well, I'm such a nerd. I love thinking about my house. It's like my favorite topic ever. Um, And I have now I have kids that are like, well, we just moved our youngest into college yesterday. So they've kind of gone through a lot of different stages, um, as I know some of yours have as well. So mm-hmm. does you notice how you need your house to change and how maybe something yeah. that was serving you so great, like having a big, at one point we had like a, a small dining room table in our living room and it served us so well for puzzles and Legos. And at the time we homeschooled and just to have another surface to put laundry yeah. on, honestly. And then we moved to a different house and our kids, you know, did, wanted to do homework at the bar in the island. And so we didn't need that anymore. But I think kind of proactively, paying attention, which really is the very first step in the design process. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us think like, okay, uh, you know, I need to redo my living room. So I guess I need to go furniture shopping. No, don't ever start in the furniture store. It starts in your head. It starts in your heart. It starts with just paying attention to how you, your family and others need to use your house. And I think that's so important even right now during, you know, the stay at home order based on where you are, even if we can't have people over, like, First, our home needs to be a place for us to be able to be the people we need to be, because only from there can we uh, do the next step, which is home is for our family. And then the next Mm -hmm. step after that is for others in our life to come in. And so I think it's almost like a forced like, okay, right now we get to focus on what home is for us, what home is for the people that live there. And then in a while, we get to get back to having people over. And I kind of I'm kind of enjoying this forced time. Yeah. And I think when I first started, I have to tell you, because we have six kids still at home. You know, we had three. There were almost adults and then we adopted seven more. Like we completely started over in a huge, huge way. And uh, when I just had three, just had three, I was able to, I mean, my house was cute and clean. And then when we had the seven kids, I remember being so overwhelmed and all the clutter and, you know, because seven kids bring seven kids worth of stuff with them and some were older. So they had collected all the things. And I remember for a season, I just gave up like, this is the way it's going to be. I'm just not going to make my house look cute. But even like during this time of stay home, because we homeschool. So my dining room always has books and all this stuff all over it. I'm like, you know what? I can change even with a house full of kids. And so I've started giving a lot of stuff away that other people can use really good stuff or, you know, just really making it a place like I can clean out, I can make this look cute. And so your book is coming at a perfect time where I'm like, okay, yeah, we can reflect the seasons. And I think when we make our home welcoming, even for our family, then they treat it differently. Um, You know, I just went through and got rid of a whole bunch of stuff in my bedroom, put up new curtains, and my kids treat my bedroom differently because I took the time to do that. So I think it is a good example for our families. I love that. In um, one of my favorite quotes just recently from a book I read was from James Clear. He has like, a, the book is Atomic Habits. It's like a business book. But in it, he says, environment is the invisible hand mm. that shapes human behavior. And isn't that mm-hmm. exactly what happened? Like your kids had like a higher respect for your bedroom once your drapes were up. Like, and I do that too. And I think just to uh, acknowledge the power that our environment, that our home can have mm-hmm. on how we feel, how we um, act, all of those things is really powerful. And to put some time into that and to pay attention to that is worthwhile. And I think you asked me about seasonal stuff and I like went on about like, actually, <laughs> like the ages of my kids seasons, but I'm happy to talk about seasonal decor as well. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. And okay. That's where I was going to go next anyway, too, because um, I was thinking like at our backyard. So we have just, uh, well, it's a pretty big yard, but behind it is an open space. So there's no houses. So there's tons of trees. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was thinking like, you see the seasons completely from out my back window. There's the spring with the new buds and summer. It just stays green in Arkansas all year till about November and then it turns you know golden colors and then winter you know but so I'm really thinking about I see this out the backyard but then as I'm reading your book I'm like I can make my home kind of reflect that too which is something I had never thought before so talk about that talk about the seasons and we don't have to like you said go crazy and you know buy a lot of stuff but how can we kind of welcome the seasons into our home I love that question. Well, I know, especially when my boys were younger and we were home even more, it felt like it was important to me to feel like my home felt like it was in touch with what was happening in the natural Mm -hmm. world. Like, okay, it's fall. I feel like I want to have some pumpkins out or it's going to be Christmas time. Like I want my house to feel like it acknowledges that it's a hundred degrees outside or that it's snowing or whatever it is. And in that, I kind of feel like at at one point I kind of lost my way because even though I had three boys, they love all the seasonal decor. Like they want Valentine's day decor. They want it all. <laughs> and so That's knowing so cool. that my kids enjoyed that, I enjoyed that. Like I did not ever want to like leave them out or not have a festive home. That's how important it was to me. But the only way that I knew to get that Trisha was to go to like Hobby Lobby and mm. fill up my cart with, store-bought decor. And there's nothing wrong with store-bought decor. There's some beautiful stuff out there. But I know as we are on Pinterest and Instagram, we see these beautiful images with, you know, piles and piles of pumpkins and um, red and green Christmas ornaments on one tree and then a whole nother tree that's purple and another tree that's pink. And it can begin to feel like the more you value celebrating the season, the more store-bought stuff you must need to have in your home. And I know I really got caught up in that. Mm-hmm, and there's, mm-hmm. it's not wrong. It's not wrong to have those um, items that you're buying from a store at all. I am the worst offender because I love every pretty thing and I want to have them all in my home. <laughs> but it became very overwhelming to me. And I kind of felt mm-hmm. like I had a part-time job like, okay, it's uh, September 15th. So that means this Saturday I'm getting the orange bins down from my attic and I'm going to spend four hours fallifying my house. And I realized, especially one year at Christmas, when I started doing that, I dreaded it. And it felt like a burden. Mm -hmm. I thought, this is not the way I want to live. I want my home and I value it to represent the season. But there's got to be an easier, better way that feels more in keeping with how I was created and, you know, the, the natural world, how God created the seasons to pass. And when you step back and notice that it's not all at once on a Saturday, it doesn't change. Well, technically it does, I guess, from uh, summer to fall, from fall to winter. But but visually, there's not a difference from one day to the next. It is subtle. It is slow. And I think just first of all, to give us ourselves grace over time to make a few changes. I know at the end of the summer, which we're talking right now, kind of at the end of the summer, I just slowly pack up the beach bags, put the beach towels up. We have Mm -hmm. flip-flops all over the house, you know, and we've had summer games out and things that maybe we do in the summer and then the winter or in the fall. I mean, our next season, we're a little more serious about needing to have our um, planners out and needing to have some surfaces, not to do fun things, but to do homework or to do, um, you know, just our fall schedule, things like that. And so the changes that I can slowly make in our house over time kind of welcome that season. And what I've really 
come to appreciate and let be my guide is just like you said, when you look out in your backyard and you see the subtle changes uh, in your yard, you probably can look in your backyard at any day of the year and know like, oh, it's April or oh, it's right. October. Just because you're familiar with your city and your backyard and what's happening. And the same is for me in North Carolina. And when we lived in Florida, when we lived in Michigan, we had different cues, but I knew what the season was. And that was because of what we saw, what we heard, what we could smell, what we felt in the air. Uh, So all of those five senses, we can do the same thing and apply that to our home. And I know for me and so many um, people who love home and who love decor, we really can easily fall into the trap of relying all on the visual stuff. So let Mm -hmm. me get all those beautiful pumpkins. Let me get all those throws and pillows. Let me get all, let me change my art from top to bottom and change what's on the mantle every season. And, and that's okay, but there are other ways that can add to that too. And so I really like to focus instead of uh, seasonal decor to just change that focus a little bit to seasonal supplies that really cater to the five senses. And so, you know, moving from fall, uh, uh, from summer into fall, moving into fall, um, from fall into winter. So what would that look like? So maybe with a sense of touch, that means changing out like a really thin throw on my sofa to a really cozy, nubby uh, throw in a fall color. Or maybe that means making sure that, you know, in the summer I had watermelon and we had lots of popsicles in the freezer. Well, that means as far as this uh, sense of taste, I might make sure we have lots of bread and I might make sure I have my breadboard and my bread knife sharpened and ready to serve and my soup ladle and all of those things that we need to serve those fall foods. And so thinking through the senses and making sure that my home has the right supplies has helped me rely less on the decor that has to be packed away and babysat and all of that. And I realize if I can light the fall candle, if I have my fall playlist playing, if I have my cozy throws out, um, what, what am I missing? Like that was touch. If I, my playlist, my sight, my sound, all of a sudden, even if I didn't have sight, if my kids came home from school and they smelled the candle, they saw that mm-hmm. I had cider on the stove and smelled that and they could taste that they heard the playlist It feels like fall at home without changing any decor. And so to let ourselves use that to our advantage makes life so much more simple. I'm getting so many ideas (laughs) as you're talking right now. (laughs) I'm like, okay, because we have these throws in our living room that really need to be thrown out because my kids, you know, they're like, they're, I'm sure there's, you know, where they poke their holes when they're watching a movie, like, you know how they put their, put their holes in the throws and I'm like, okay, I'm like, oh my goodness, I want to get like a really cozy one to put out for fall. And then I thought like maybe a little basket with little apple cider packets when they get up in the morning, they could do that. I'm like, I could do this. You know, even though we have lots of kids, busy house, they're still going to be homeschool stuff. Um, But recently I just ordered some cute wicker baskets because I'm like why do we have to have it laying out so my dining room I'm gonna put these cute little whisker wicker baskets that are gonna put their homeschool books in and I was thinking as you're talking I bet they would love even our diffuser if we put in more fall scents you know now that because they they love that's their favorite thing in the morning they're gonna go put a different aroma in the diffuser (laughs) and and do that and I thought okay I'm just gonna change out the little bottles right there so you're already giving me so many ideas and I think like because three of my kids are grown and well, four of them are grown and out of the house. Two are adults married with kids and two are in college and six at home. Um, you know, I could, I know there's some things that relate to our family. Like we do board games and we have, you know, family movie night and popcorn on Friday nights. Like we do certain things 
But then I thought, okay, for these kids that are still in the home, I could even make those seasonal things like, oh, remember how mom used to put out the hot cider packets and remember this. I mean, that can kind of be things that we can make traditions as a family that I hadn't even thought of before. Like I always thought of, okay, we're a family who volunteers. We're a family who plays board games. We have Friday night thing. But I never thought about our home could actually be a reflection of that. So this is super cool. I'm like super excited about it. I love that. I love the idea of it becoming a natural tradition too. Cause I could see if you diffuse cedar wood every autumn, when your mm-hmm. kids go off to college or have their own home, they're going to be like, well, where's my diffuser? I got to get my cedar wood. Yeah, exactly. like, it's like going to be instilled in them. The same happens with like a playlist, you know, with sense, even with uh, the food that we make every season. Like I still want to make potato salad every spring. Cause that's when my mom would make potato salad. And so those things, that nostalgia really adds to the feeling of home and place. And I think we underestimate that. So I love that, that you're excited about this too. Yeah. And for us, our tradition is because Christmas is coming up sooner than we, you know, sooner than we think. And our tradition is the day after Thanksgiving, my husband goes in the attic and pulls out all the bins. And that's when we start playing Christmas music, you know. And so I was thinking, let's add some maybe cookies on the counter and, you know, different um, aroma cinnamon in the in the diffuser and stuff like that, because they get so excited. And even kids, um, like if my daughter's my daughter was away at college. She's like, don't start. I'm, you know, I'm going to be home. Get go. You know, or she, if they're out with friends or whatever, they're like, okay, don't get the decorations out till I'm there. And that has become kind of our thing as a family. And I just love how these little touches can even make it more welcoming to our kids. Cause sometimes we don't think about that. Like we think of our home as someplace where other people can come in, come in, but then at a time where we can't have our house full of people, like, why can't we make our home more welcoming for the people that live there and make those memories. I'm, I'm loving all of this. It's so good. Yes. Well, you're so right. I mean, if our home isn't welcoming to us, isn't welcoming to our kids, there is no way it's going to be welcoming to other people. And I also like, um, oh, you said something that I was going to, well, now I forget what it was. There was something I remember, <laughs> I remember what it was. It was really good and important and funny, but whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it okay. when you remember. <laughs> um, okay. So another thing too that you talk about is shopping your own home. Um, yes. And I, you know, because I have cute things in different parts of the home. I'm like, oh, what if I did like mix it up? So explain a little bit about what that can look like. Because I think you're right. I mean, we talked about like going to Hobby Lobby and getting all these things. But we have things in our home that if we just repurpose them in a different way can completely bring more life to an area. Yes. Well, just like, you know, maybe if you want to start redecorating your family room, you don't start in the furniture store. Well, even when we're decorating for the seasons or just redecorating our family room, one of the places I like to start is starting with what I have. And so Mm -hmm. to walk around your house kind of with fresh eyes and give yourself permission that everything's up for grabs, maybe just because a chair has always been in your daughter's room or, you know, that table or that dresser has always been um, in the bedroom used as a dresser or used as a changing table or used in the family room to give yourself permission to let furniture move about the house and try things in different places. You have nothing to lose except maybe a few calories and some sweat, but to just try things in different places has been such fun for me. And it's always, you know, the chair that I'm like, there is no way that chair is going to look good in that corner, but I'm just going to try it and see. Those are always the biggest wins when every now and then that actually does work or switching out the in chairs for two wingback chairs that, you know, we had in the family room for years, just 
just switching things about and shopping my own house has been such a money saver, such like a creative spur, I think too. And so I think that's such a fun place to start, even with the season. So maybe you're, you're thinking, oh, it's it's getting to be September and October. I feel like I need to have fall colors in my house. So the first thing I'll do is I'll think, well, what, what fall colors do I want this year? Sometimes I do more blue and greens, or sometimes I do more orange and red, whatever that is I want. I'll walk around my house and pull to the forefront anything I have in those colors, even if it's ridiculous. Like, even if it's just a stack of orange books. And that helps me kind of begin the process. But sometimes it also makes me realize, oh, I, I already have enough stuff in that color. I don't even need to run to Hobby Lobby. Uh, or it helps me realize, oh, I actually don't like that color. I'm glad I didn't go and get, you know, pumpkins and all bright orange because for whatever reason this year, I'm not happy with that in my home. So shopping your own house is such a fun way to start. And another thing is just when you are the, the great thing about focusing on the seasonal ideas and the seasonal supplies with your five senses is you realize that you need less stuff. So if you remember to think, what do I have that represents the season for for each um, sense, each of each of the senses? then you're going to rely less and less on that visual decor. And so if anyone is feeling a little overwhelmed with the storing and the putting away of and the buying mm -hmm. and the maybe just the surface clutter, I know sometimes I just go through times where I need less stuff in my life. Those seasonal supplies, those consumables, like you said, of the, the oils and the cookies and the cider packets that we're going to we're going to eat anyway. So why not spend right. that money on some seasonal stuff and get like a twofer out of it? I'm OK. I'm looking at my room, around my room right now going, oh, I could put that in the living room because <laughs> record, I recorded my room. I'm, I'm like, as you're talking, I'm like, oh, this is such a good idea. And um, I love how I mean, you're not getting bins out. You are just moving stuff to different places around your home. And so it's not like you're at keep adding and adding. I think that's one of the things. I mean, Americans are consumers and we like to buy more stuff. And then we wonder, like, how come I can't save money? So you're not going out and always buying new things. It's just putting things different places. Now, one of my favorite things, and I don't know many people who collect these. So this is this is going to be uh, my I'm not going to figure out how to rearrange them. But um, my favorite place is the Czech Republic, and uh, which is former Czechoslovakia. And my daughter is a missionary there. And we, we, when she was in high school, we went on different mission trips. And every time I go, I get a marionette doll. Um, oh. And these are, you know, the, I mean, they're probably 14 inches tall. Very nice done. I mean, they're not like the cheesy <laughs> ones that we sure. see at the fair that cost $10. And so they're these beautiful marionette dolls. And I've always had them in my dining room on these shelves, like up high. And I'm like, hmm, what if I did make this cute little collection for fall in my living room? We have this glass shelving unit with a lot of my uh, different things I've collected from traveling all over. I'm like already in my mind thinking of how I'm going to move my marionette dolls around and give them new life. Because I think once something is in the same place forever, you kind of stop looking at it. Um, yeah. Even though they're my favorite and they're so enjoyable and they remind me of old Europe because there's a king and there's a knight and there's um, all these really cool like medieval type um, costumes on my marionette dolls. And I thought that would be so cool if I did move them into my living room, change things around. I think we would start looking at them again and appreciating them again. Um, also in my kitchen, it has a cabinets where you have stuff and it's all my grandma's old dishes 
are up there. And I thought even rearranging those, because, you know, I don't want them down where my kids are going to ruin ruin her, her <laughs> old dishes. But even redecorating by moving stuff around, adding some, you know, florals up there for the season is a can just bring freshness to our home that I really hadn't thought of. So this is super fun. Yay. I love that. Yeah. I would say rearranging is my, uh, it's like the low hanging fruit. It's my number one go-to way of first seeing if a room feels tired or if a room needs to serve us differently, like we need it to function different based on Mm -hmm. the activities we're doing in there. Or if I'm just, yeah, sometimes it's just like this room's so uninspiring. Moving stuff around can change a room's life. Yeah, this is so, and then I think one fun thing for me to do also is to get my kids involved um, because they, you know, they live in the home and they love things too. And I think especially a couple of my daughters, I think they would have so much fun with me. And so again, we're changing things. We want to make it home. We want to make it inviting for our families first. And I think even getting them involved in the process would be fun, like for something to do forever for together for the seasons. I agree. I think too, it teaches, it teaches our kids so many things um, because they're going to see us do things and we'll be like, well, that, that doesn't look good. And so to be able to laugh it off or say, oh, I painted that wall and I don't, I don't really like the color. I made a nail hole in the wall and well, it's not going to really work there, but a nail hole is not a big deal to teach those truths that where else are they going to learn to see mom laugh at maybe a mistake. I think home and just the little projects that we do at home, they're priceless for our kids to watch and to join in with us and see how we react to things that don't go our way or how we take a risk at home. And that shows us like we can take a risk in life. So I think it's such a good teaching ground for so many lessons like that. Yeah. Okay. So as we're wrapping up, there's one last question I want to ask. And I know you talk about, you know, always making sure you have um, purposeful conversations with the people that come into your home. And so as, you know, things are opening up and we start having more people in, or even with our own family, maybe what are a couple of those purposeful, insightful, you know, questions and conversations that we can have with others? Well, I would say instead of me giving you like a specific, like here are three questions you should write down. I think more broadly in general is in creating a sense of a safe place to share the imperfections. And a lot Mm. of times all that takes is us going first and sharing something. And maybe the something is a visual something in it. Maybe it's inviting someone over in the midst of chaos or amidst of mess or the midst of something undone in our home. That's like a, the visual representation of imperfection. It doesn't mean we have to be like, Hey, let me tell you how my life was miserable this week, but it could be that. But I think just going first and opening up of maybe something that's not perfect is the best and easiest icebreaker and connector um, and friendship builder. Oh, that is so good. And, and just sharing ourselves, just like we're welcoming people into our homes, we're kind of welcoming, welcoming them into our lives too. Mm, So that's so great. All right. Well, thank you so much just for being here, for inspiring us, for giving me something else to do today no, just I'm I'm be moving stuff around because come over and the, play in your the house kids are gonna you. be this like mom fun. what are you doing I know <laughs> but, but I think it is I love I love how it is it's just changing with the seasons just to you know reflect God's goodness outside and bringing that in and just bringing all those senses alive so this is super fun thank you for being here and for sharing with us now I want to point people to where they can find you. So where can they go to find you and the book and all the offerings that you have right now? Oh, well, I I have a website at thenester.com, but I will tell you my very 
favorite place to hang out is on Instagram. It's because it's so visual. So and I love visual yes. things. And so I'm the nester on Instagram. And that's probably the number one place um, to find me. Awesome. Well, they're all, they'll head over and find you there. So thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Trisha. It was such a joy to talk to Michael in today and to hear ideas of how to just create joy and beauty in our home. And I don't know about you, but with the homeschooling and the taking care of kids and work, sometimes I forget how good it feels to have a peaceful, joyful, beautiful environment. Um, And I love the ideas that Michaelin has. It wasn't about going out, going to the furniture store or Hobby Lobby or any place and buying more things. It's about really seeing what you have and using it in new and different ways. It's also about changing our hearts. Now, as I was talking to her and I was thinking about, you know, we're not opening our homes right now to lots and lots of people, but what can I do to celebrate each day with my family? A little touch, you know, going outside and picking flowers from our yard and putting them in a jar on the kitchen counter or just you know, getting out the cloth napkins. What a concept for my kids uh, one evening for dinner. Even if we're not doing this for other people, we can be doing this with our own families in our own homes. And I love all the ways she talked about, about shopping our own home and about considering the seasons and bringing that inside and being festive through ordinary days with our family. So today's walk it out verse is 1 Peter 4, 8 through 9. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And right now that hospitality might be your own family and your own kids. So think about that. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins and offer hospitality without grumbling. You can do that today. I can do that today. So let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you so much for just this fun time of talking with Michael and and just lifting my eyes off sometimes the ordinary daily stuff of life and looking to the beauty that you have in the seasons and all the things around me that I can just appreciate again that I haven't taken time to appreciate. I pray that you will be with Michael and her family and bless her and her ministry, Lord. And I pray for each of us today. It has been a long season of feeling stuck for so many, Lord. And I pray that just these little tips of um, just bringing the seasons and light and joy and beauty into our homes will give us just a fresh perspective, Lord. Sometimes we just need to break out of the mundane and to find joy in the things that you've already given us. And I pray that each of us today will be able to do that. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I hope that today, just this podcast will brighten up your day and think about a way that you can just offer hospitality to those within your own home today. I love the idea. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend. I always appreciate when you do. You can always send them to walkitoutpodcast.com. And I hope your day is filled with beauty. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. 
Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.